So today I was uh, I was on Twitter and somebody was going through. We're, we're going to talk about this later. Actually, they were talking about how directly you, uh, state governments are affecting Furcons right now and like Furcons decisions and futures and how the decisions are kind of out of their hands and they're kind of in the the hands of elected representatives. It's also very popular in the fandom to like a popular complaint is like, oh, we need to keep politics out of the fandom. So I reply sarcastically to this. Look, Betty, we need to keep politics out of the fandom. And (laughs) I screw about politics 24, 25 hours a day on my Twitter. And I got a lot of people responding with genuine anger of like, how dare you say this? They they don't know who I am. They just see the don't talk about politics and they go. Yeah, but one click into your profile would have solved that. So I don't have that much sympathy with them dragger that's a lot of clicks in this day and age so much time so i got a response eventually from the voice actor of Ravali from breath of the wild saying inflates you big and round which is <laughs> hilarious for many many reasons what the, <laughs> the fuck? meme is funny it's my favorite bird my response was that they're only the second hottest bird in that game and i don't know <laughs> I don't know if they feel bad about that. So I was playing a game with their voice getting shouted at me even more than the original Breath of the Wild, which is the Breath of the Wild uh, Dynasty Warriors, the Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, we played that. Age of Ultron, Age of Destruction, <laughs> Calamity Destruction, you know. So I, this is a minor spoiler, by the way. If you're extremely serious about not getting spoiled in the Dynasty Warriors non-canonical, this completely fucks with all timelines game. If you really don't want that to be spoiled for you, I guess skip ahead about two minutes. But you start out the game. Pause for people to skip. Pause for people to skip. You start the game and you're like, cool, we're playing Zelda. And then they send a BB-8 robot back in time. It's a sphere. It's a ball. It beeps at you. It uh, talks. Actually, I have a good approximation of its speech in front of me. Let me let me me disassemble. Is anybody going to guess what I'm opening right now? It talks like this. Yes. So that's all it does that for like most of the game. And you're thinking, oh, what an obnoxious robot character. But it's not too bad. And then uh, Xander and Algoli, how far have you gotten anywhere? Have you finished that game yet? Like the We the kept main story? skipping the, the cutscenes because of that. <laughs> we have no so, idea of the story, but I know if I had A B up, the princess does a horrible thing and people die. It's perfect. There you go. But as the story progresses, right at the end, you're going around cute robot, cute robot. Everybody loves cute robot. <laughs> then robot in the, one of the last cutscenes, like kind of sort of turns evil. Like, oh my evil programming has activated. <laughs> then you have to kill that evil robot. Wow. Then so we've gone from goofy thing to you must now murder the puppy, and it's like okay, damn game. And then the robot comes back, and you're like, okay, the robot's back, and the robot's good. And what does it do? It immediately suicide bombs Ganon. Wow. (laughs) You go from comedy relief character to kill the comedy relief character to the comedy relief character has now killed the ultimate bad guy through blowing themselves up. That is quite the arc. This is what happens when you write Oscar bait, but you're bad at it. Imagine if BB-8 in the ninth movie just rolled into Darth whoever the fuck and exploded. And that's how the movie ended. God, that'd be so much better. So much better. (laughs) And then they make a statue dedicated in their honor. Oh, yeah. And they ask the ball at the end, like, what is your name, ball? And the ball says, BB Skywalker. (laughs) No. No. shit. BB stands for beach ball. We figured it out. Number eight. Uh, The eighth beach ball. It was the eighth one ever made and it grew sentient. The worst part of your story is like the, the 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 robot was like, oh, time to redeem myself. Time for a suicide bombing. <laughs> it's like, what? Robot, no, don't throw your life away. 
<laughs> Ganon just keeps coming back. I've played like 50 of these games. Don't do it, man. So opening topic this is big and this is most of the show. I'm, I'm assuming. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I wrote this. I'm like, is this the whole show? Eh, we'll find out. I'm going to read through it. I promise I will stop and be like, I'm just going to be like, what do you think? And then talk for a bit and I'll jump back in. So it isn't just me talking. For Here, let's let's I, I will help read. I will read some of the points. So like you could say drag or read next and I'll, I'll oh, do cool. it. I'm going to read my preamble and then we get to the points. So I'll I'll hand it over. So I wrote this out for myself. Why aren't the Dems doing anything? You see me on Twitter all you see everybody on Twitter all day going, where are the checks? Why are the checks? Why are the checks? Where's this? Where's that? Like, well, how come the Biden administration and inevitably the first, second, third, whatever response to that is going to be somebody saying either it's only been blah, 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 number of days. Give them more time. <laughs> or why don't you blame Republicans? They're the one stop or they need the votes. Like it's people making excuses that they seem to have not even attempted to look into. They hear from the Democrats that, oh, we can't do it. They take that capital C, can't, we can't do it. And they go, ah, they, there must be a real reason that they can't do the thing. They must have been trying as hard as they can to do it, and some rule is stopping them. I'm here to tell you that is all horse shit, and I'm sick of hearing it. Like, I'm <laughs> done responding to people who say, but the Democrats can't because, because I've fucking Googled it. It is a 10-minute Google, and you'll find 10 million articles telling you exactly what course the Democrats need to take to do X, Y. This is what this this is what we're gonna go through. We're gonna walk through step by step why they can't, why we like assume they can't do anything, and why that is in fact false. Like here's the things they could do. I wrote them out so I don't lose track of my life. So let's pretend Republicans can, uh, due to some curse, only vote against Democrat things. So we're assuming that the Republicans just are no votes, always, absolutely, always. We cannot possibly convince even one. We're ignoring the Republicans essentially. Uh, how can the Democrats accomplish their goals with only Democrat votes? Because right now uh, we have 50 uh, Democrat senators and the VP tiebreak, meaning we the Democrats do have control of the Senate technically. And in the House, they got a, like a what, 10 or so, 10, 15 seat majority. And they have the presidency. Checks, Medicare for all, fixing the Texas power grid, UBI, the return of new Coke. All are possible if the Democrats <laughs> decide to do them. And that's really all it takes. So... You hear this, these lies repeated over and over again enough times that you just assume it's true. I think that's where all these people in their replies come from because they've just been told enough. They're like, oh, it must be impossible. Let's do it. Are Republicans able to stop Democrats from doing their things? If the Democrats all decide to do a thing, is it even possible for the Republicans to stop them? I'm claiming no. Drago, read my first bullet point here, or our first bullet point. Point the first. The Senate rule of cloture means that at any time with 60 votes, one can force the end of debate and force voting on whatever the current issue is. Let's say, for example, it's $2,000 checks going out immediately and one more every month until COVID cases drop below a certain level. Realize we're talking about this is a vote to vote. You're going to hear cloture thrown around. Cloture is essentially, is everybody here to vote so we can move on to do the voting thing? <laughs> and 60 people have to say yes, and then they move to the vote. Realize if you vote for cloture, that means nothing about the actual issue. If you vote to vote, 
You can then vote no or yes. Your vote is not tied to that. Just to expound on that, what that is for is prior to a certain time period, which I bet Pepper knows what that is. Oh, it's bullet point number two, baby. Oh, perfect. It used to be debate, vote to vote, and then vote. So that's what that cloture vote is for. It was to end the what was at the time deemed to be a very necessary debate. It is to end the filibuster, which is Correct. the way we hear thrown out all the time. This is bullet point number two. Everybody <laughs> knows it as a thing the senator can do to prevent a vote. It's where you, in the olden days, one would have to, you'd physically stand on the Senate floor and like read the phone, literally read the phone book is what some people did. Like you can find huge long clips of Bernie Sanders standing on the Senate floor reading kids books or just talking. Yeah, he can just rant. He doesn't need to get, he can just go. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> just got to be an angry old man for a while. And you just have to physically do that. You'd refuse to give up the floor and let the vote happen because they can't let the vote happen as long as you are talking because of rules. Cloture came about to end that. It was, in fact, to stop obstructionism. This was a way around obstructionism. Hmm. So, like, that's all it's supposed to be able to. So, d- 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 point number three who wants to read it? Either go back to Drago or Xander if you want to read one. Oh, me. I, I, we have ahead. 50 Dems in the VP tiebreaker, so we need a way to pass things with a simple majority, meaning 50 votes and the tiebreaker. Simple majority means more than 50%. 100 senators, you get the idea. So we've established that 60 votes will absolutely not happen. That is why I am throwing out 60 votes as I will see that as, yes, it's impossible. Let's consider that impossible because <laughs> we have 50 senators. We are now focusing on what can we get done with 50 votes and the vice president tiebreak. The filibuster, this is, I'm remaking this, this is also point number four. Filibuster is the reason the cloture vote even exists. It's to end debate on something like Alkali just said, and that requires 60 votes. So Mm -hmm. as long as cloture is there as a thing stopping us from getting to voting, you can't. Like that that's the roadblock. When people say we don't have the votes, they are talking about we don't have the votes to call cloture and force a vote on things. Mm. This could be anything from like from getting the reason your two thousand dollar checks are currently not going out as told to us by the Democratic establishment, is that they don't have the votes because Republicans will not get over that 60-vote threshold. We're done. Throw our hands up. Can't fucking do anything. Point number five, Dragor, what is our solution? Let's just start talking Can about Can the our filibuster be removed? Yes, it is not in the Constitution. It came about in the 1800s cloture votes in the early night. That's a weird sentence. Pepper, help with this one. It's supposed to be a period after 1800s. It came out oh. in the 1800s, period. Cloture <laughs> votes in the 1900s. Like, the filibuster ah. showed up it, right at the turn of the 1800s, and then cloture, where they're like, this is horse shit. And like 1906, they're like, we need to figure out how to stop this filibuster nonsense. And that's what cloture, that extra vote layer added in was that. I like your tagline. They didn't know what viruses even were yet. <laughs> oh, this is, th- I'm saying that the filibuster was not part of the original founder's intention, even though I personally do not give a single shit about what Washington thinks about COVID. Like, Thank you. Even if every, like, I care about more of the science. Those dudes didn't know, oh, when I say Washington, I mean Washington, the president, the first president. <laughs> I don't really care what he thinks about COVID because he did not know what a virus was. Viruses weren't discovered until <laughs> the 1800s. Like, <laughs> we don't. I don't think it is relevant how the founding fathers would handle COVID. But even if we're going off of their horseshit document that we're all forced to use forever because it is the Bible and made of God and it can (laughs) never be changed, I guess. Uh, Even within their rules, 
we could like this the filibuster is not part of that there no at no point did thomas jefferson stand up like and we must do a filibuster to make sure congress will force people to get a virus in 200 like look was never part of it if you change the sacred words you will instantly get wooden teeth from a curse (laughs) from george washington If I change the words, Nick Cage is never going to find the national treasure. (laughs) Oh, Nick Cage has to find our best treasures. Pepper, how do we remove the filibuster, thus making these cloture votes unnecessary? I'm going to go through a couple. Here are the one-time methods. Uh, There's a thing called unanimous consent. We hear about that often, too. That's when, remember, the other month, Bernie went up and he's like, I want to do a unanimous consent thing to add checks into this bill. And then there's, oh, this one person objected, therefore it doesn't work. Unanimous consent is what it sounds like. It is everyone agrees to vote. Not everyone agrees on the issue. Everyone agrees to do the fucking vote. That's all it is. (laughs) Like, it's just to do the vote. Unanimous consent brings you to a vote. It's not necessarily unanimous consent to do the thing even. So if you can get everyone to agree, you can do that. That doesn't, that's not an option, is it? It's not really, we cannot get 50 Republicans to all be like, yeah, sure, go ahead. That's the whole point. They won't let us get to the vote because they don't want to be on record voting against good things. Other one is budget reconciliation. Budget reconciliation. This is another thing. Bernie, I'm going to keep bringing up Bernie because he's, he's, he has been running around trying to do every one of these. But he's only one person, so he can't just like make it all happen himself. Budget reconciliation. Uh, that is how the Trump tax breaks went through. If you're wondering how the Trump tax cuts got through when Republicans never had 50 senators, uh, sorry, 60, a supermajority, they never had 60 senators, but they still got these tax breaks through that everybody hates. They did it with budget reconciliation. This is a special loophole written into the Senate. It's a Senate rule, essentially. It's also not part of the Constitution. They wrote it into the Senate rules. Uh, here's a quote from Brookings, people who seem to know what the fuck they're talking about. Uh, Perhaps the best known and most consequential example of these are special budget rules known as budget reconciliation process. That allows a simple majority, meaning 50%, more than 50%, to adopt certain bills addressing entitlement spending and revenue provisions, thereby prohibiting a filibuster. So you cannot use budget reconciliation to just be like, we're doing Medicare for all. Like, if you did, it'd take a lot of, like, lawyery weird shit. Because it's only supposed to be about money things, such as distributing two thousand dollars per human (laughs) something that should be relatively easy yeah i'm gonna take a break if you have any thoughts say them i've been reading too long there's also you also have listed there's a number there is a limited number of uses per session did you find out what that number was it's all kind of based on it's all parliamentarian horse shit and it's a moving target like you have to it has to be defined as certain things and then depending on what's in the bill like that's why you can't just be using it forever always it's not a reliable alternative to the fil- to uh, removing the filibuster budget reconciliation is a, it's very band-aid it's mm. meant to be okay we got to get this budget through all right here's the thing i want to interject with is uh there's a lot of people that have questions or like if we're going with the capital L liberals that say we can't do X, Y, and Z, to a certain extent, it's because there is this perceived notion of operating the way as things had up until starting about the 1950s, 1960s, uh, Mm -hmm. where compromise was genuinely built in. For all the things (laughs) wrong and all the horrific things that we of a nation has done, it's altogether recent that you have an entire party being outright obstructionist. That's kind of the new development at this level. They had done yeah, it before the to each other 
on certain topics, and that's where you get all of these convoluted rules. Because to a certain extent, you could get everyone to come together and go, ah, oh, 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 shit, the, this, uh, the, this flu, this flu is really bad. We should, we should do something about it. Or, hey, um, appeasement hasn't worked in World War II and we got bombed. Maybe we actually should do something about it. There was always a threshold or a limit where do something eventually happened. Obviously far too late. Talk to any historian, but they still did it. The modern thing is... Nothing seems to be happening now. As long as I've been alive, that's what it's been. Okay, you were going to say something? But that is 100% by design. So this is one of the reasons, I, I was going to hold this till you were done, but this is one of the reasons why it's going to be such a tough fight to get rid of the filibuster. Let's talk about what one party's end goal is. That end goal is small government. If you want small government, you yourself are going to have a smaller role in the government. The filibuster allows a single party to have a minority presence, but have majority power. Huh. They cannot lose this rule. It's the only thing that's going to let them lose their numbers, but still maintain the power to stop things from getting done. We're all sitting here debating over the fact that we're not getting anything done. That is getting something done for the party in question because they don't want it to move forward. The status quo is good and everything happening right now is going into their wheelhouse. That's why the filibuster is not going to go away anytime soon, because they need it to continue doing what they are there to do. To be clear, uh, there is a certain thing you said. I don't want to say you are lying, but it is a lie that is perpetuated. And the lie is Republicans are for small government. They 110% are not in any way, shape or form. That is a lie. Look at all of the legislation they do pass when they are in full control. They just want it done their way and the things that aren't part of government are part of the things their donors are okay with not being part of government and i yeah, do totally. apologize yes you are correct i am talking about it in the more broad spectrum of the term obviously you look into it they are for very particular pieces of the government <laughs> yes but it's easier to say small government agreed that's I how totally... it's marketed it's marketed as we want small government like that's yes. the line people yeah. hear and yeah. repeat <laughs> it's funny Drager. something you kind of touched on and kind of what i was going to get at too was when the Republicans are in power, they find a way to get what they want done because they know what their mission is and not so much the letter of the law. And then when we want to get something done, we say, oh, the letter of the law. The letter of the law says we can't do this thing. The <laughs> horcrux is there. We cannot take that away. So then sorry and but but we know but wait when the republicans were in power you just got rid of that guy and replaced him with someone and changed the things you could totally do that right now in fact what was that the, the power of someone said sorry we, we can't do that with the 15 dollars you are talking about the gentleman who decided that under bucket uh budget, budget. reconciliation yes that we would not be able to put in the 15 dollar minimum wage yes uh, help the me out with his title Thank yeah. you very much. Parliamentarian. And who apparently, has no actual authority. Apparently, that is correct. Apparently, when the advisory role. Yeah, well, apparently when the Republicans are in power, they just replaced theirs. They yep. said, fuck oh, you. Does anybody here know who overrules the parliamentarian? Like, which specific person is the one who goes, no, not doing that? If I remember it's, correctly, and please correct me, vice president, I believe it would be. Yep, VP yeah. Kamala Harris yes. can at any time say, go away, parliamentarian. I don't like your opinion. Yeah. That's all it takes. Could yeah. have just done it. Vote and then or put form, it she says, there. no. But Pepper brought it up earlier. This entire thing could be solved by the, the I'm talking about the $15 minimum wage mm. specifically being on the budget reconciliation. 
could be solved by A, uh, the vice president coming in and saying, no, we're going to relook at mm-hmm. that and be lawyering up, you know, with all the lawyers under our power, all the lawyers. They are yeah. the most powerful political party in the entire country. Absolutely. I think they are now in a position to go after a goal. Mm-hmm. And But all you're going to hear about is like the golden horcrux Joe Manchin has <laughs> stopping us oh, from yeah. doing anything. So, well, I want to talk about the only before I go to what removing the filibuster actually takes, because I do yeah. have that in here, too. <laughs> but I want so the the one legitimate argument that doesn't feel in bad faith and actually feels like people are trying to say something and not just be like, shut up about Biden not doing anything is yeah. where they're like, well, what happens when the Republicans take over? Then they can do stuff with 50 votes. And as Xander just said, they have gotten insane shit done with 40 yes. senators, 50 senators, 60 <laughs> senators. It does not matter how many they could have one motherfucking senator in all of the senate and the democrats would be like ah oh, we can't do it yo Rand paul is just really fucking our shit up right now <laughs> you just can't that one guy there's 99 of us but come on we want this to be bipartisan <laughs> point eight what does it take to actually remove it a change senate rule 22 which requires 60 votes nope nope that's the rule that says there's a filibuster you just take it out yeah uh, option B is the nuclear option, which is creating a new precedent, a.k.a. doing it anyway, fuckers. <laughs> Very frustrating when you realize that this is, from Brook- this is from Brookings again. The nuclear option leverages the fact that a new precedent can be created by a senator raising a point of order or claiming that a Senate rule is being violated. If the presiding officer, who is typically a member of the Senate, agrees that ruling establishes a new precedent. So at this point, hypothetically, these are all Democrats doing this and no Republican can stop this. If the presiding officer disagrees, another senator can appeal the ruling of the chair. So that would be a Republican saying, like, I disagree. If the majority of the Senate, meaning 50 plus the vice president tiebreaker, votes to reverse the decision of the chair, then the opposite of the chair's ruling becomes the new precedent. <laughs> so essentially, we can th- we can force a 50-50 vote on this. Like, you must have 51 votes to win or 50 in the tiebreaker. And you could do that at any time if you just kind of plan it in the right way that it, like, hits the right rule. And they all know how to do that. That's their job. They have whole teams. In 2013 and 2017, what happened in 2017? The Senate used this approach to reduce the number of votes needed to end debate on nominations. The majority leader used two non-debatable motions to bring up relevant nominations, then raised a point of order that the vote on cloture is by majority vote. The presiding officer ruled against the point of order, but his ruling was overturned on appeal, which, again, required only a majority in support. In sum, by following the right steps in a particular parliamentary circumstance, a simple majority of senators can establish a new interpretation of a Senate rule. Meaning if there are 50 Democrats and one Democratic vice president, the the fucking filibuster could be gone literally tomorrow. Well, I don't know. Are they in session right now? Literally tomorrow (laughs) if they're in session right now. (laughs) Or the first day of the next session. They could just do this. Mitch McConnell could fucking sapoku on the floor while it happens and he couldn't fucking stop it. We could do that now. And I have to keep hearing replies about how this just is fake and I made this up and I'm being paid by George Soros to tell you all this or some Antifa made up these Senate rules or some other. It is. Ooh, oh, yeah. Point 10. The end. Fuck you. (laughs) Oh, no. I I still have number nine. 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 We'll we'll go. We'll go back to nine. Or I'll just like how it's Roman numerals. Very classy. Yeah, right. There are various <laughs> midpoints and little carve outs that some centrists support, like uh, like weakening the filibuster. There's like half measures. There's a thing called the bird rule, bird with a Y, that kind of like lets the Senate rules 
pers- the parliamentarian, they can kind of determine when you can ignore the filibuster. So, like, with the bird rule, you can point to the, to the parliamentarian and go, hey, can we ignore the filibuster? And if they say, yeah, sure, then, then they will decide they can do it. But as we've just said, the parliamentarian... You, they aren't very relevant, really. They're like, a, oh, don't fuck up your paperwork. Like, that's their purpose. <laughs> the and intern. we're trying to use them now as the reason why we can't get money to people during during something that is 9-11 times 100. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> times, I- times 400, isn't it? Like, how many 9-11s are we at now? Half a million people? <laughs> I'm sure you heard it. You're like, oh, we can't do this because of the parliamentarian. They're like, who the fuck is a parliamentarian? Who elected the goddamn parliamentarian? <laughs> goddamn it, Steve. Damn it. We <laughs> fucked up. We should have been telling people to vote for the parliamentarian this whole time. Not $2,000 <laughs> checks. That's what it's going to be. The, the parliamentarian is going to become a new fucking weird thing. That like how Remember how the postmaster used yeah. to be kind of bipartisan? Now we're all going to be, oh, do we have a Democrat parliamentarian? <laughs> like, who's the parliamentarian? Like, who's <laughs> I'm not convinced the parliamentarian isn't just a speak and say at mm. some point, and somebody spun yeah, it and went, nay. Like, oh, we landed <laughs> on the horse. Vote They're failed. an Excel spreadsheet at this point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's the end of that segment's, like, informative part. Like, what... We're going to talk about it. And people who are listening right now, if you want to throw up other, like, other possible uh, resistance to this I might not be thinking of, I would love to address some other people's hypothetical arguments. Like, what are other things you see people saying online that we haven't just said, no, you get rid of the filibuster and they can do whatever the hell they want? Because that is kind of the Uber argument, isn't it? The I don't Uber know what, argument. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it's going to take for, like... I think there has to be an event, like a ball of money has to explode for them, t- for them to like take action, and we can call it the exploding money ball act. Yeah, like half a million people dying, and you a need year. something. Like, to I happen. agree. I sat around forever thinking, what's it going to take? And then everything this year is like, well, apparently that wasn't enough, <laughs> right? Yeah, it it's not anywhere near enough. Our medical advancement is good enough that yeah, a bunch of people died. But depending but on your privilege and bubble, in either you didn't care because you're a callous asshole already, or <laughs> it's just one-off, or they were old, or it's very easy to rationalize and explain away. To me, like it's like you ever play Excite Bike? The American economy is like, all right, let's put an overdrive. Ah, oh, fuck, we overheated. Stay over. Okay, we're gonna put an overdrive <laughs> again. Ah, oh, fuck, we overheated. Stay over here now. Hey, look, it's trending down. Yeah, how about you wait till the engine's cool? No, it's trending down. It's under the safe threshold. Like, yeah, by half a point. <laughs> There was a there was an article. It's like, is Arizona about to go into another covid like uptick? And I'm like, well, we're currently on a downtick. So I would say, yeah, we probably are. (laughs) That's what that's what follows every time we get lower in cases is we go right back up in cases because we're like fighting with the governor over whether or not mask rules should be in play. I have a whole lot of mask rule opinions, but okay, last last like co-topic I have on this or like subject. So. The reason I find these the capital L liberal responses to this, the excuses of of all the varying excuses, no matter how valid or invalid, the reason I find them so angering, so upsetting is that I see it's recuperation in real time. It's no longer the Democrats have it like we all go, how come this gigantic disaster wasn't enough to spur change? Because it has been enough to spur change in the electorate's minds. They all want these checks. They all want what is essentially UBI. We're all out there fucking screaming for it. But now that we realize that our people are in charge, when I say our people, I mean the Democrats, the in quotes, our people, the people Mm. who are supposed to be on our sides, uh, they aren't doing it. So now you got to cognitive dissonance yourself and go, well, 
they must not be doing it for some reason. What right. could that reason be? And then their anger gets directed at me who's pointing it out and not them who's not doing their fucking job. And that's why it's harmful to me. I think there has been more than enough to push a huge societal shift and it keeps getting dampened and dulled and ground down to shit by these disingenuous bad faith arguments coming from the dnc the dnc says here's your shit sandwich and here is why you need to not only eat it but smile and fucking go after anyone who says this sandwich is made of shit i mean let's go let's rewind i hate to do it but the the where it became crystal clear to me is the uh the notion that it was somehow hillary's turn like fucking excuse me that's the exact opposite of elected office 2015 those days (laughs) no one no one deserves a presidency no one deserves an elected office and even if they get it that doesn't mean they by default get to keep it no matter what like that just by quote-unquote winning has turned into this self-fulfillment of they deserve it for eternity somehow I personally find it very sexist that the Democratic Party ran Hillary Clinton, she lost, so then they ran Hillary Clinton, but in man form. (laughs) 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 Yikes. That's a yikes from me. There's so many things that are wrong with Hillary's campaign. I mean, you can start with when her announcement and they show all the hundreds of years and the glass ceiling, and then hear her laughing head. Like a bu- you you've seen that right? It's just yeah. It's a weird Superman shit. Uh, it's just like hmm, messaging not quite there right now. So I want to talk about it while it's still fresh. This is a furry topic. God damn it, fur cons are restarting. Uh, ooh, who has thoughts about? I want. I just want to let oh, Gregor go. So, I'm not going to do my okay, normal talk. So I will recap. Uh, I am a co-founder along with Alkali and Xander and current convention chair of First Squared, and we just completed. First squared online, virtual first squared, whatever. We changed the name like eight times. But uh, we did the thing. And we're lucky because at close of our event in 2020, it was us and then like TFF two weeks later and one other con. And that was it. it that's all it's been. We're at the year mark now. And we're lucky because we're between contracts. So when we announced early on, you know, it was what, May, I think, when we announced when we were going virtual. It's because Mm. we knew then and there, like, we still have this fine relationship with our venue, but it's like, we can't sign because we see what Wisconsin's doing, and we don't trust them as a state to give us the backing to use a force majeure clause, to to be able to get out or delay the event and not be on the hook and have the whole thing die. Uh, Many, many events are not that lucky. Or they just are in states where the venue might even want to, but everyone's sitting there going, well, someone's got to hold the bill. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. so you have, you have Texas and Florida that are going full on Leroy Jenkins, ignoring science, <laughs> and are opening, and you have events now that are effectively in some way, shape, or form in an adversarial relationship with their venue because the venue has not... All right, so let's use Megaplex as an example. They announced Mm -hmm. that they are basically doing some kind of soft open. They have not said they are specifically having the event. They have not said that everything is full steam ahead, but they're going through as if they... 
it's it's maybe it's will they yeah, won't so anthrocon to be fair like it's not just megaplex a, a, a lot of cons are having to do that yes oh, yeah. At, operate as if the con will happen even though they're like please don't happen yeah and some of it might be you know this is one of those things where alkali and i having a discussion with our hotel we can go there have a very productive meeting and verbally agree on many things and go hey that's cool that's great and until it is in the contract and signed by all parties after having been reviewed by a lawyer it is not real so Mm -hmm. it very well could be the case just by with how slow things move in terms of getting those signatures that anthrocon megaplex any of these cons coming up that are going to get faced with this issue behind the scenes they might have gone look, you are going to create a PR nightmare if you force us to do this. And then the gears start turning and you might just... Because we went through this last year where there was the will-they-won't-they of cons happening. You know, BLFC was going to move from May to October and everyone's sitting in their chair going, no fucking way it's happening in October. (laughs) But because (laughs) of how the process went, they had to at least say... We hope to have the event in October. Here is the groundwork we're going to lay so they can say in good faith when lawyers get in and things go to hell, we did everything we could right up until it was going to cost someone their life or safety. So basically, like uh, the thing I want to finish on for this is dragging Megaplex right now, and Boozy has made excellent threads on this. Uh, Benny made excellent threads on this. A couple other people I've seen have all better laid out than i have here specifically why megaplex has to do something and they have to cover their ass in the best way possible and it unfortunately comes across looking like they are choosing to have an event and put people in danger when they aren't really choosing anything they're picking the least shit option until it gets to you know zero hour and maybe at some point megaplex or any of these other cons are going to go yeah, I'm not, we're, we're not okay with having this on our conscience. Fuck it. Megaplex is dead and gone forever. You can get your lawyers and try to take from us whatever we have, but that's why we have, hopefully that's why they have LLCs and things so the individuals are protected. Yeah, but, and that's the worst, yeah. Go well, ahead. so that, all right. Not for real, the last part, and Benny was calling this out, and I think Boozy did too. You can't just up front say the hotel wants us to put on the event because legally all of these other things, it's not a deal here. And you can't just willfully as a board go, "Mm, no, we're going to sabotage the contract. That incurs some big fucking problems for the people involved. So I don't want to seem like I'm manufacturing consent for people like everyone should go to cons. Like that's not the message that I want to give across that I think it's a great idea for everyone to go to in-person cons. That is not my deal. However, I do want to draw distinctions between uh, fur cons coming back. And let's say, for example, because it's another like large mass event and it's purely entertainment recreational. Let's say an amusement park. Also Florida amusement parks being open. So to me, part of the moral, this is purely moral distinctions here. Nobody at a FurCon is working at a FurCon as their only source of income and main source of income. I'm not saying that zero people profit off of FurCons, but except for like the dealer, you could make an argument for the artist dealers that go. They probably have more stake with that. But none of the volunteers, none of the people working at the con for the most part unless there's cons i just don't understand the structure of nobody's like i am a full-time employee of anthrocon and if i don't get my work at anthrocon i will be homeless also if i don't show up for my work at anthrocon i will be fired and like made homeless even faster none of that exists with furcons thank goodness 
as opposed to if you are a Disney Park employee, where you must go to work, and that's basically your only option, unless you have enough money to not. That's kind of where everyone is. But yeah. I chose an amusement park because it's kind of like a fur con, and it's recreational, and it's like a mass person event. So... We're kind of in a situation. Also, furries are more online and like tattletale bitchy on each other than most internet <laughs> communities. So people being unsafe and dumb about COVID get blasted like much faster and harder than in most <laughs> other internet communities. Yeah. There, there's a reason people uh, have cited, like with the rise of fascism again, people have cited in articles, furries do overall a really good job of self-policing and keeping out like exaggerated bad harmful things such as anti-mask <laughs> stuff and fucking nazis <laughs> so yeah I, I I, some people have gotten flack for it you know making hey look people should know i'd be responsible and if i have people over like look we're all really like we're being really careful you can't be mad at us for being like wait <laughs> a minute you know <laughs> you can't be mad at me i have a mask on it is funny how many yeah, people yeah, on twitter yeah, totally. i see how many but people just, I see on Twitter just posting like, here's me in a selfie in this restaurant. And it's like, we have the same group of friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> There's yep. people in like the, a couple group chats like, who wants to do a ski trip? I'm like, in a coffin? <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ, everybody. You're all screaming about these dumbass redneck hicks who you all fucking hate. And then you're doing the same shit as the college students we were making fun of doing spring break shit a year ago. Remember how the entire world was like, what a bunch of dumbasses. And now that's been a year all these bougie fucking bearded gays are out there doing the exact same shit and i'm supposed to go oh what a nice bar you're at like seriously <laughs> yeah i'm just saying yeah, if, you're gonna, if you're gonna say you're gonna have a gathering gathering don't don't be surprised when people are like wait what i mean it's like it's gonna happen yeah it's not even yeah. the, like if you go to a bar don't fucking tell me about it so i don't have to think <laughs> you're an asshole <laughs> like just don't tell me alternatively you don't have to put that on tell me because that's a thing that i judge people on and <laughs> if i need exactly. to part ways let me know sooner than later it's just annoying it's IRL. i had to, i had to go through a whole straight face conversation while somebody talked to me i had to listen through someone telling me about their very recent disney park experience oh, no. they're telling me oh it was so safe all the employees were and i'm like yeah all the employees i'm sure they were your top concern thank you for going to the park and forcing them to be at work because if Ugh. fucking literally no one showed up at, and it's not it's disney's fault it is disney's fucking responsibility to deal with this but if nobody showed up to disney parks it'd be really hard for them to be like no you still have to keep coming to work for zero people like you're the reason you are directly if you are attending a Disney park I say this like this because this is personal responsibility because Disney parks are fucking expensive I cannot afford even if I wanted to be an asshole I could not go be an asshole at Disney park so if you are out there at a Disney park being an asshole that is a hundred percent personal responsibility fuck you you are the reason that people are out in a plague you are directly the reason that some park employees ah. but pepper COVID doesn't exist in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's the most magical, the happiest place on Earth has no COVID. <laughs> right. It's only official when you're outside. So I want to keep drawing distinctions here. Like, between a McDonald's reopening and thus conscribing all these people that have to come back to work and do a much more risky behavior versus a con in Florida staffed entirely by volunteers where if they're like, look, we can't get anybody to show up and work this con, the leverage they have is, oh, no. <laughs> like it's, you're not like on the street so it it it, it is different you know what i'm saying so yeah, let's, yeah. let's draw you the really part quick. it is different because of the following uh events like fur cons or any of these other things 
Uh, this is the strong arm portion of capitalism to extract value when there isn't consent. So what is yeah, that? They were mean? promised theoretical value multiple years ago before anybody knew about COVID, the, and now they are collecting it come hell or high water. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's bring it to a very specific example. Uh, how many fur cons that are a thousand people or more are at a hotel or venue that is not a giant conglomerate chain? There's like two, and they're mostly camping cons. So <laughs> the Marriott or what have you that's in Florida, does, does it go under by not having Megaplex? Oh, absolutely not. They'll be fine. Is that Marriott booking rooms anywhere near what's regular, even when a convention isn't happening? Is everything still very diminished right now? In Florida, it's hard to even tell, but yeah, I'm well, sure okay, in general yeah. bookings are lower than normal, but it's not like the fucking Holiday Inn isn't going to be gone after COVID. They'll be fine. <laughs> or Marriott. <laughs> exactly. So what's happening? Does Marriott need Megaplex's money in any way, shape, or form? Absolutely not. But they're essentially getting strong-armed into it going, but with us and our lawyers, we can get this money out of you without even trying. Yes. So, like, the negotiation, the power play, the power dynamic here is incredibly abusive, made worse by the fact that our government is not taking the steps to protect us. So, like, this is naked and bare capitalism. The entity that's supposed to save you from shit like this, the reason why the force majeure clause is there, it's not meant to be only wielded by the hotel. It is meant to be there regardless of who or what needs to invoke it. And now that is being weaponized. Oh, this is a short one. If you want to be sympathetic to the mega chains, you can go one level above and say, oh, this Marriott is being forced to basically eat a con's cost and not get their money. But if that happens because of a thing that is like, like you're saying, the oh, geez, you actually did the right name for the clause. Force majeure. If that happens because of some shit out of their control, they can do an insurance claim and they can get their money anyway. So above them, it is the government not giving them the ability to make the insurance claim so that Megaplex can be canceled. Like, it's this huge fuck chain. Alkali, go for it. All right, so we're going to put some uh, numbers to this because we're talking about the force majeure clause, and we're going to show you why it does not work in the uh, confines of the furry fandom. So there are two clauses you need to know about. It's room attrition and force majeure. Room attrition says this. On a date, a set time out from your convention, you are allowed to leave this contract and owe us X for the amount of rooms that you told us you would rent out. So we're going to use a hotel that says a thousand rooms. And by the way, this is an example, not from a furry con, but from when I ran for uh, work. This hotel has 1,000 rooms. You're going to rent it for the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You are telling them that you need all rooms, 1,000 rooms, and you're going to need those, three, those rooms for the time. As long as you sell 70% of those rooms, and that's the number that we had in our contract, 70% of those rooms get rented, you don't need to worry about it. And now the unthinkable happens. Something happens. No one can show up to the event. Everyone cancels. How much money do you think went into that convention? All right. Because you're not renting the rooms. I'm not renting the rooms. Who's renting the rooms? The attendees are renting the rooms. Yeah. Take a guess. 1,000 uh, 1, room convention. This is a, a professional one. How much do you think that convention's going to cost? Dragger, you're going to have a better idea of this because you have to look at my numbers too. What do you think? I want to do a guess before I'm told. Absolutely. You mean 1,000 attendees or 1,000 rooms? This is 1,000 attendees. We're not talking about any background stuff. There will be 1,000 people attending this event that takes over an much? entire hotel, multiple rooms. 
tops. But we're only talking about how much money the hotel basically contractually is like, we must make this much. That's what number we're looking for. Uh, no, we are looking for the number that the people organizing the event are going to pay. About how much do you think it would cost me to hold an event that I go to a hotel and say, I'm going to sell 1,000 of your rooms for one whole weekend and you have eight boardrooms. I need those boardrooms. I need you to supply food. I need you to uh, welcome us at the door. How much do you think that's going to cost me, the person holding the event? 75000 Not a bad guess. Dragor? I was going to go much lower in the 20000 ish Then that's why it's not a bad guess, because Pepper is forgetting that all I am doing, all I am paying for, is the right to use their convention space. Those rooms that people are renting have nothing to do with me. Those are my attendees. So now all of a sudden... We don't, by the way, that event, the cost for holding this event that I have in my mind, $35,000. Okay. That is out the door. I could probably run everything that I'm talking about with $35,000 in the bank. The end. Now, room attrition. We cancel the event. No one shows up. We got 0% of our rooms. Who pays for those rooms now? (laughs) You, the con. Hmm. (laughs) I assume. So now think of how much money you need to run a $35,000 event. $35,000. All of a sudden, an event that supposedly cost you $35,000, plus all the extras, plus knowing that you need to run the event next year, even if this year's is a failure. You've probably got sixty to 70000 in the bank. How much is that so, room attrition going to cost you? How much do you think the hotel is looking for now? You're essentially selling them a future. Oh, wow, I'm, I'm about to make this a worse metaphor. You're selling them a future on your con. That is like, correct. No, we promise it'll make this much money. And if you don't, they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you you're, said you'd make us this much money. You're hmm. correct. And because of the hotel that this event took place at, if no one showed up, if no one showed up, a $35,000 event just turned into a $130,000 bill because those rooms are now our problems. So. Force majeure. If no one showed up, something had to happen. Something had to happen that stopped them from showing up. Lawyers are about to get involved. My company says the force majeure should have been enacted. There was a giant tornado that Thursday in New York, and everyone coming from the convention is in New York. The hotel states, hey, everything was fine here. They could have gotten out of New York the day before. That's not our problem. And now the lawyers fight it out. Have that exact same scenario happen when you have the financial capabilities of a Furcon. What kind of lawyer are you able to afford versus the Marriott's lawyer? This is why conventions are still going out over Twitter saying, hey, this might happen because they need to play the hotel's game. Because if you don't and the lawyers get involved, that convention never happens again. Thankfully, we're all in LLCs. Thankfully, a lot of people understood what they were doing and helped everybody else out to make sure that if something like this happened, it didn't hit the individual people in charge. But in the end, you need to ask yourself the question, people angry at my convention online, that's bad. Never having this convention again, that's probably worse. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
the last sprinkle on the shit Sunday of all the problems we've just listed is that uh, is how we all talk about this, how hotels talk to each other and the way that fur cons are easy to get done are kind of because. Th- OK, so this is the one uh, defense I have for for the Unke, Uncle Kage style of lock down the fandom and like complete control over all media perception <laughs> that, that yeah. they were doing for a long time. It's not as necessary in 2021, but in like 1999 and 2004. Oh, my God. Like it sure has helped us. It's, it's, it's very easy to secure. Well, I say very easy. It's relatively easy compared to in the 90s to secure venues for Furcons because all the stuff Alkali just described about how all the money that hotels expect to make off of us, we consistently show up and exceed or at least meet those expectations. Mm-hmm. So when other Marriott's talk to that Marriott, they say, yeah, good people have more Furcon, not a big deal. If we start... Now we broke contract. Suddenly it's going to be harder to restart any of these. To, oh, we'll just let that con go down. We'll do a new one. They don't want to work with cons now. Like, fur cons. The furries, they are like, well, they broke their contract once, so fuck them forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. There, are, yeah. there are conventions that have folded, and pe- then there are furry conventions specifically, I won't name them, that have folded, and then groups got together completely different. None of the board oh, involved. Um... <laughs> I can say I don't fucking work at cons. Either Rain have first. not yet succeeded <laughs> at bringing a brand new event, like new business, new new tax ID, new everything. And yeah, the the convention venues, not just the one that the canceled con was at, but others in the area just all threw up their hands and said, pass. No thanks. It, it, yeah. Actually, Rainforest doesn't count because there is a Seattle con. It's been going for like three, four years and they're doing very well. Yeah. yeah, there's two Seattle <laughs> cons now. Raid first doesn't even count. <laughs> right. To, to piggyback off what Pepper's saying, uh, believe it or not, uh, furry conventions are actually one of the most smart, sought after Smurf events. Uh, Smurf being uh, social, military, educational, religious, fraternal groups. That is a, <laughs> no, that's a classification inside gotcha. of hotels. So other than business conventions, which is what yeah. every convention, or what every venue oh, wants, yeah. they want business Infinite conventions. Money. No, believe it or not, there's a re- weird reason for that. I'll tell you in a second because it's very fast. Furry cons make good Smurf events because of the size of our community. Hotels want us because we sell rooms and selling rooms is the second best source of income for hotels, which is why business conventions get number one. Who knows the number one way that the venue you is going to make food booze baby you got it f and b you are 100 percent right and when you are a business you are going to impress you are going to buy the nicest food the nicest drinks you're going to have open bars all of those giant banks fur conventions win because we get people in the doors we consistently grow and in fact since uh this this date is a little off but it's easier to think of it like this since that Disney movie, um, uh, Furry Futurama. What the hell was that? Uh, Zootopia? Zootopia. <laughs> Since Zootopia, one of the numbers that hotels care about is growth factor. The furry fandom events have grown by an average, an average of 10%. That is 10% growth at conventions across the board. And that yeah. is what hotels talk about. They don't talk about individuals. They don't talk about the bad thing that happens. They talk about growth. They talk about room nights. And they talk about F&B. One of the things that is different we should talk about is 
one of the good things about social media and whatnot is there isn't that focused hose of media now that one person controls. We can ha- we have a bit of control of the damage control of furry just because more people know what furry is and and just like the 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 nature of social media has helped us in a way. Absolutely, that is has. not that is true because more people have gotten to know furries. Be oh, I know furries that kind of thing. So it's not <laughs> like work with me. it's not just a channel five news that controls the narrative anymore. Correct. And that's different. <laughs> so well, look, look at the horrible event that happened at MFF uh, uh, when the uh, small yep. chlorine device. Went yeah, off. absolutely. Every different media source. I went to work after the, the fact and found out who watches Fox News and who doesn't. Because the people who watch Fox News, all they could talk about were the shots outside, the same eight shots, the gentleman who was outside wearing leather shorts and a hardest, mm-hmm. the the person who was outside who was obviously not dressing what uh, the people with sticks up their asses would consider gender appropriate. Also, fuck them forever thinking that. We all just got chased out of a fucking hotel at no notice, and they're like, oh, they're wearing weird shit. It's like, yeah, you would too at one in the morning. Exactly. But that was only one station. Yeah. You go over to any of the other stations, those people talked about, oh my God, I can't believe that happened at your event. It's, yeah, you do have more you Remember those news, people who laughed? Outlets. There were and two news reporters who were laughing, everybody shit on them for it. Like, how dare they? They're fucking laughing about this terrorist attack? And I'm like, you're goddamn right. That exactly. is something they should receive as criticism. <laughs> yeah. Good. And now you just have those three, four stations, and you have Teen Vogue, and you have this and that, and you don't have Teen all these Vogue. people... Watching the same three or four stations, so Agreed. it's deleted. It's diluted. Thank God. I like that. Yeah, you're well, totally and, right. And bit of the, the and this is kind of like, I'm a. I understand the time and place for certain arguments and things. And so, yeah, furry not only doesn't need to be prude anymore when dealing with media. At this point, it's to our benefit that we are not. Mm. Get 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 porn drawn to your OCs, then it can't be monetized by capitalism as easily. Uh, <laughs> we haven't got that threshold yet but so all right so let's go back to as it was before and every convention had a very strict no media policy so there was this thing going on that the uh, the normies were curious about be it for good or bad intentions they were curious and by uh keeping them out and then only letting them in when they would play by our rules is what fostered our ability to be more open. Because people did learn, hey, if we just try to shit on them, they all talk. They all talk to each other and you'll never let our fucking news station back in. MTV tried once and they have not, never, never again will any Furcon ever be like, oh, you're from MTV, yeah, come on in. And it was what? It was 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 a decade of NBC, if not more, trying to get in at Anthrocon until finally that one year they were allowed in. Like, that was a big deal. Send us some millennials wearing cat ears and we might fucking talk to you. <laughs> I believe my all-time favorite was seeing a correspondence between a uh, convention that will remain nameless and The Daily Show uh, back under Jon Stewart's reign when uh, they would send out people and do more sarcastic style. And it was, we would like to show up to your event. And uh, the convention's response was, we know what you do and we know what you probably will do, but we warn you, you might fall in love with us. the response that came to that included the line i hope that you're right Hmm. yay oh geez 
I, wow, I had a thought completely ready, and I said frickin', and it just abandoned. <laughs> oh, here it is. The thing I was thinking. So it, in 20, like, yeah, all this makes sense, and it's funny how the internet still, a lot of the internet, a lot of, like, YouTube, a lot of non-furry internet, kind of, tr- they still act like it's, like, late 90s, early 2000s, where if you go on the internet and talk to furries, every furry to every YouTube, any, any even minor, anybody, any minor celebrity that we all agree is fun, I guess, uh, they'll be like, come to a con, come to a con, you, come to a con, I'll bring you to a con. Would you like to see a con? I would love to walk you around a con. And then every thumbnail for every YouTube thing is, we've infiltrated a furry convention. It's like, how'd you do it? How did you ever accomplish it? Oh, my God. You Mission Impossible. You got in there somehow, right? How'd you get the ticket? Like, bitch, it's harder to get into a Drake concert than it is to get into a furry convention. Like, you just buy a pass and go. No one cares. You know, I, I understand this is completely anecdotal, but it, it's appropriate in this sense. I have gotten to at least meet almost every guest that has come through Anthrocon, these wonderful artists, these representatives of the art and cartoon community. And to a person, every one of them has been awestruck at how fun and how welcoming the furry fandom is. And quite frankly, at this point, I don't understand how there's, that's not the only thing known about the in-person furry gatherings. They are accepting large parties that everyone for the most part leaves feeling better than they came in. And it's a little disappointing. There are still these sides. I think some of it comes from us. I think some of it comes from the fact that we are so jaded with how it used to be uh, perceived. Like you were saying, the MTV, what was that stupid show? VH1's Strange Addiction. Oh. Thank you. The the Strange Addiction show, uh, the, the the talk show with that's how a lot of us came up in the furry fandom and it's almost like we're waiting like it's still hiding behind us and we're not trusting these outside factors coming in and seeing the fun in this magical atmosphere that we've created and I really wish we would stop that. I I mean America's yes, you next have top to be model. She's coming back for us. Uh-oh. Okay, What's wait a minute. Again? If she's coming back, we got to stop. That's the end. Ah. I take it all back. <laughs> what is her name? I can't remember. She's super famous. What the frick is America's I couldn't, Next Top Model? I was trying to think of it, too. I, I was that rambling be... because I couldn't think of her name. <laughs> she's like the most famous black model in the entire world, and I can't remember her freaking name. <laughs> Tyra Banks? But she, Tyra Banks. Ta- thank you. Tyra okay, Banks? I was going to say. Banks? Is that who it was? That sounds right. That's why. I just can't well, think of the name at said, all. Wow. Most famous black model. That's what came to mind. So That if does it is... sound right. I think it is Tyra Banks. Right. But um, for, she had some furries on. Tyra Banks next top. That Yes, it's absolutely Tyra Banks. Yeah. So Tyra okay. Banks had an episode where she brought on some furries. and <laughs> I think I saw that. In, yeah, you start getting into situations where... Uh, near the end of it talking about how the perception has changed i mean if you actually watch that mtv strange addiction episode it's a person who's it's like my daughter is a furry and she keeps like making fursuits and then they take <laughs> her to the psychologist and the psychologist is like oh so like you like making costs that's that's pretty cool like yeah, i'm really not concerned like the all the editing is still like dun, 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 yep. shing, like all the spooky this noises and, the, and, and every professional is like yeah they seem fine and the mom's like i don't know I'll, I'll see if we can get through this like that's how the episode ends with the mom like we'll see where we go <laughs> where yeah. everyone around her is like your daughter's fine it's not a big deal you don't have to worry about this <laughs> like, <laughs> you get the weird subtext at the end they never got out of it <laughs> it's like right <laughs> He, Dr. Sam Beckett never made the leap home. He's like, wait, what are you talking about? Wait. And in the Tyra Banks episode, it was, there were three groups. There was, there was furries there. Were, and then there were two other various like 
uh, polyamorous relationship. If I remember groups. correctly, they also interviewed them while they were sitting on a bed. So right away, we yeah. can throw away that interview. Yeah, yeah all three are on beds. And yeah. the, oh, fuck. I know the person who went on that oh, show had to completely beds. change everything about their online fucking thing. And I've, I've been, I was talking to somebody and, and like years after meeting them, I'm like, oh my God, this is the person from the Tyra Banks interview. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're fine. <laughs> Yeah. But even if you just compare the three couples on the Tyra Bang show, and, and when you take away the facts like we fuck while we wear fursuits, if you take away that aspect, they are they don't deserve to be on the show. Like yep. we have normal straight sex while wearing an outfit. And it's like, does this deserve to be on network television to hear about how we have vaginal intercourse missionary style? <laughs> and then you have Tyra and like all the audience looking on concerned. Well, and this gets back to let's make it all about capitalism and conformity culture. Furry is so, so, so comfortable with not giving a fuck about yep. cishet white normie life. I mean, it's not without its problems. Furry is not immune. Oh, sure. But in comparison to what, you know, a network news TV station puts out there, we're breaking the mold just by existing. <laughs> so, like, a it's lot true. of it is anger at it, like... Ooh, well, why can't I do that? Like, turns out you can. You, you just got to give the finger to a bunch of things that have been ingrained into you. Get your yeah. wife that strap on and live your dream. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, I want to. We are like just over an hour. This is like such a well timed freaking episode. This is awesome. <laughs> and it does have a strap minutes. on, so that's perfect. Yeah. I said strap on. It's going to stay in bed, probably. All right, so <laughs> oh, our, come on. here's our last minute. We are last minute politics. Again, if you like what we're doing, Please get on our Patreon. That's how you can interact with us. We have an email address. We have like all these links will be below whatever you're listening to us on. Send us money. Uh, Patreon is our favorite way for you to send us money. But if you want to just give us like a dollar one time, there will be a PayPal link there. Dragor, what are what are the addresses people should look at? What are the relevant email address? And we have one single link now. If if you go to lastminutepolitics.com, it will produce Ooh. a website hosted by Card, C-A-R-R-D, uh, that has all of our relevant links. It's got, I think it's got our email on it, lastminutepoliticspodcast.gmail.com. Yeah, Very long email. <laughs> We're going to try and get a better email. That's a thing that I'll work on soon. Oh, I'm having still the dot com. Lastminutepolitics.com, the fact that you can just go to lastminutepolitics.com, and when you click on lastminutepolitics.com, you'll be typing in L-A-S-T-M-I-N-U-T-E-P-O-L-I-T-I-C-S dot C-O-M, and once you're at lastminutepolitics.com, you can find anything you need. Do you, lastminutepolitics.com, are you, are you there yet? Are you at lastminutepolitics.com? Our email is on there, hooray. Oh no, that is incorrect. This is your Patreon money. Oh, Jesus Christ. The this email is one is wrong. The shut, email one is shut. wrong. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so this is your Patreon money at work. <laughs> not uh, the link. We can fix the link. It's not hard. But we bought a donate. We bought the domain name using Patreon money. We are paying for the hosting. That If you're hearing this on anything other than directly the website that we post about Podbean. If you're hearing this on like a thing actually people actually listen to podcasts on. The, the money is going towards that, so if you want to contribute, please do. I want to talk our last minute politics, last minute, damn it, and I'm going to do a timer, <laughs> is I want to hear what everyone thinks. We've all talked about how fur cons are going and contracts and why they're making the decisions they're making. Now, like, put on your best Nostradamus hat and try to tell me not what 
like what you think in reality will happen. What do you think will Oof. go down? How will cons react? How will people react? What will attendance be? Those sort of things. If a con does happen in Florida, <clears throat> will anyone be around to hear it? Who want, I want someone to go first who isn't me. Alkali, what do you think is going to happen with cons? You, this is an area of expertise for you. Go for it. Cons are going to be around for quite some time because we still have the one thing that most fandoms and, and events and Smurfs, whatever you want to call it, we have one thing that they don't. And that is there is no overarch. There's no central, I don't want to call it central government, but there's no central government. And that is because we are not waiting for anyone to create stuff for us. A community conventions, the community people that want to celebrate My Little Pony, that want to celebrate gargoyles, a television show, a type of food. It doesn't matter. All those things are waiting for people to create. The furry fandom is merely celebrating the furry fandom. There will always be conventions because of one particular thing. Anyone out there who has the means, the ability, and the knowledge can just start a furcon. We are more in danger of oversaturating the market by having furcons on top of furcons on top of furcons than we ever are them going away. We will always be here because we don't have anyone who could ever legitimately tell us stop. Excellent minute. Uh, I will go second. I believe that the Florida cons will happen. I think that a bunch of con- like in the in the between times of still some COVID before COVID is really like something we can kind of we're all vaccinated essentially when the vaccine is super available. I think there's going to be cons, and I think people are going to n- there's going to be a large contingent of people not going to it, and then the people who do go to it, I think there will be a small contingent of people being like, "We hate masks. Look at us!" <laughs> and then there will be a yeah. little internet drama about that shit, and that'll be. <sighs> Uh, a combination of funny and infuriating depending on how far they take it i think attendance will be down at and at least at least one if not more cons will be canned because they will hold their event no one will come they will not meet the contract obligations that alkali was just talking about they will go well we did the best we fucking could hello bankruptcy and they will just disappear like it's really just a matter of who who will go away and i think there is also a distinct possibility of one con that does not have whatever level of attendance getting bum rushed by people trying to go to a con because things are quote-unquote safe now yeah that is my prediction all right it's my prediction time yeah do it all right so basically, I think a lot they're going to run the cons and the, there's going to be unspoken rules. And the unspoken rules are we are going to run the con. The unspoken rule is if you attend this con, you are not going to physically attend this con. <laughs> and <laughs> what? You think I'm wrong? No. Nope, yeah. And like, wrong. I'm just saying that that's the unspoken rules. Like everybody's like, don't f- actually fucking show up because people are going to be like, I registered for this con. I'm not showing up for the con. And. Honestly, I would encourage that kind of, I don't know. If people like say, I'm going with, I'm ghosting this con as like a statement. <laughs> like, like I'm paying for it, but I'm not the opposite of ghosting. The, uh, so spectering, I'm spectering this convention. You're possessing the con. <laughs> is, I, I'm, what is you're, it? Oh, Ouija, because that way you're not actually there. Yeah. I'm Ouijaing the con. I'm Ouijaing the con. Ouija. So I hope to see like a good Ouijaing oh. effort. That'd be and astral projecting the con. As, there we go. That's even better. Because so, now it's shadow run. <laughs> but we're going to see that so because people aren't, what they don't want to say is we can't, either the con dies or you die. They cannot say that because that's and true. They, they know physical people being there means people might die and you can't say that out loud. 
So yeah, there's going to be the unspoken rules. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can. You, you physically can, can but yeah. I get your point. It's more than a mo- more than a minute, but you get my point. <laughs> I I do encourage people to do, to uh, like because there have been various online things where like oh if you want to like not refund your donation and let us keep it as basically a donation, I would take at least a couple of seconds to make sure you're figuring out like if you do the things Andrew just said, which could in the right circumstances be very like nice and charitable and a good thing to do. Make sure that they aren't just going to take that money that you're essentially donating to them and then immediately hand it over to the Marriott Corporation, who then immediately axes their contract anyway, because yeah. you'll feel real mad <laughs> if that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Know what I mean? So at least one of the following will happen. It will come down to the wire and that the event must happen, but clearly no one should go. And I fully expect at least one con to say, we're doing this, but you shouldn't show up. They're going to say it in some way, shape, or form that is legally protected of them. And what's going to happen? Every furry is going to see what's going on. And the furry mob is going to come for that hotel venue. It absolutely will. <laughs> so, like, cons just resuming, I'm skeptical of the ease of them just renewing insofar as one hotel chain is going to find out the hard way what a social media bomb is going to be. Those one-star reviews, oh boy, they're a brewing. And it's yeah. not just going to be the furries that attend that event. It's going to be the entire fandom that hears about it and feels this way. And they're not going to be wrong to do so. Like... Look, uh, I expressed this attitude to Alkali, but I get the privilege of saying this and that we are not currently under contract. But there was a what-if scenario of, well, what if we have to hold the event, but, like, clearly we shouldn't. And, uh, fine, First Square would die. Like, easy. I'm I'm not going to have a death on my conscience just to let a con live. Just because a con has been there does not mean it should continue to do so. Even if it has been great all along, shit happens. I'm I'm not going to do like the Republicans do and a lot of Democrats and go, eh, there's an acceptable losses number. No, there (laughs) isn't. It's a fucking fur con. (laughs) Right. So, like, the furry mob situation, I will be greatly surprised if it doesn't happen. This has been Last Minute Pod Politics, and we're going to keep talking to you here in this Discord chat once we hit stop on our recording devices. So if you want to hear what this conversation is after the podcast ends, give us one United States dollar or $1.28 Canadian or Australian or Singaporean, because we're all pretty much the same. And you can hear that. Everyone say goodbye for four solid seconds. Three, two, one. Goodbye Goodbye. The voice. I lost count. Damn it. Good lord. I'm stopping the recording.